Um, hey guys, what's going on? Um, it's me again, Mr. Tutoru, back again. Um, this is this will be an, um, a series that we're going to do, um, a series on the book, Richest, Richest Man in Babylon by George S. Clayson. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm, for this series, I'm going to go over it and um, read a couple chapters and we're going to go over this book because um, I'm reading this book and I have to tell you, my friends, uh, it's a... It has a ha, it has such such gems in it, such um such you know powerful context in it, and I would be you know I would be a fool if not sure with with um my following. Um, I'm gonna go over this um every day. I'm gonna read a chapter a day. I promise to do that. So just tune in, you know. Um, I I want to um, create a group of people who have the same mindset of attaining wealth, of uh, becoming a giver in society, um, freeing ourselves from the matrix, freeing ourselves from the day to day paycheck paycheck life. I want to, you know, have a group of people who have the same mindset as me, because that's the way, that's the quickest way to become wealthier. So tune in and join me as we start our first um, chapter of the book. Okay, let's go. Good evening, everyone. It's me, Mr. Torwood, again. Uh, I'm going to continue the series of The Richest Man in Babylon. And I'm going to get started right, right away with our first chapter, The Man Who Desired Gold. Let's begin. Ben Seer. The chariot builder of Babylon was sorely discouraged. From his seat upon the low wall surrounding his property, he gazed sadly at his simple home and the open workshop in which he stood, a partially completed chariot. His wife frequently appeared at the open door. Her furtive glances in his direction reminded him that the meal bag was almost empty and he should be at work finishing the chariot. Hammering and hewing, Polishing and painting, stretching taut the leather over the wheel worms, preparing it for delivery, so he could collect from his wealthy customer. Nevertheless, his fat, muscular body sat stolidly upon the wall. His slow mind was struggling patiently with a problem for which he could find no answer. The hot, tropical sun, so typical of the valley of the Euphrates, beat down upon him mercilessly. Beats of his Perspiration formed upon his brow and tickled down on notice to lose themselves in the hairy jungle on his chest. Beyond his home towered the high terrace wall surrounding the king's palace. Nearby, cleaving the blue heavens, was the top painted tower of the Tower of the Temple of Bell. In the shadow of such grandeur was a simple home, many others far less neat and well cared for. Babylon was like this, a mix of grandeur and squalor, of dazzling wealth and dearest poverty, crowded together without plan or system within the protected wall of the city. Behind him, had he, had he cared to turn and look, the noise chariots of rich jostles and crowded aside the sandaled tradesmen, as well as the barefooted beggars. Even the rich were forced to turn into the gutters that cleared away for the long line of slave carriers on the king's business 
each carrying a heavy ghost in the water to be poured upon the hanging gardens. Bansir was too engrossed in his own problems to hear or heed the confused hubbub of the busy city. It was an unexpected twanging of the strings from a familiar lair that aroused him from his revere. He turned and looked into the sensitive, smiling face of his best friend, Kabi, the musician. May the gods bless thee with great liberty, my good friend, began Kabi with an elaborate salute. Yet it does appear thee have already been so generous that thou needest not to labor. I rejoice with thee in thy good fortune. More, I would even, sh I would even share with thee, pray from thy purse, which must be bulging else, thou wouldst be busy in your shop. Extract but two humble shekels and lend them to me until after the nobleman's fairest feast this night. Thou will not miss them ere they are returned. If I did have two shekels, Ben Sir responded gloomily, to no one could I lend them, not even to you, my best of friends, for they would be my fortune, my entire fortune. No one lends his entire fortune, not even to his best friend. What? exclaimed Carly with genuine surprise. Thou has no not one shekel in thy purse, yet sit like a statue upon a wall? Why not complete the char chariot? How else canst thou provide for thy noble appetite? This is not like thee, for my friend. Where thy endless energy? Does something distress thee? Have the gods brought to thee troubles? Atonement from the gods it must be, Bansir agreed. Began with a dream, a senseless dream, in which I thought I was a man of means. From my belt hung a handsome purse, heavy with coins. There were shekels in which I cast with careless freedom to beggars. Pieces of silver from which I did buy the fine winery from my wife. And whatever I did for desire for myself. There are pieces of gold which made me feel assured of the future. And not afraid to spend the silver. A glorious feeling of contentment was within me. You would not have known me for thy hard-working friend. Nor would thou know my wife so free from wrinkles. was her face and shining with happiness. She was again the smiling maiden of her early married days. A pleasant dream indeed, commented Cubby, but why should thou have such pleasant feelings as it arouses turn thee into a glum statue upon the wall? Why indeed? Because when I awoke, I remembered how empty was my purse. A feeling of rebellion swept over me. Let us talk it over together. For as sailors do say, we ride in the same boat, we too. As youngsters, we went together to the priests to learn wisdom. As young men, we enjoyed each other's company. As grown men, we have always been close friends. We have contented subjects of our own kind. We have satisfied work long hours and spent our earnings freely. We have earned much coin in the years that have passed. Yet, no joys that come from wealth, we must dream about them. Bah, are we more than dumb sheep? We live in the richest city in the world. Travelers do say none equals it in wealth. About us is much the display of wealth, but of it we have ourselves have not. After half a lifetime of hard, hard labor, thou, my best of friends, has empty purse and say to me, May I borrow such a trifle as two shekels until after no one's been feast this, this night? Then what do I reply? Do I say, Here's my purse. Its contents will I gladly share. No, I admit that my purse is empty as thine. 
What is the matter? Why cannot we acquire silver and gold more than enough for food and robes? Consider also our sons, Bansir continued. Are they not seventeen, following the footsteps of their fathers? Need they and their families and their sons and their sons' families live all their lives in the midst of such treasures of gold? And yet, like us, content to be banquet upon sour goat's milk and porridge? Never in all the years of our friendship did we talk like this before, Bansir. Kabi was puzzled. Never in all those years did I think like this before. From early dawn until darkness stopped me. I have labored to build the finest heart any man could make. Self-heartedly, hoping someday the gods would recognize my, my worthy needs and bestow upon me great prosperity. This they have never done. At least, at last, I realize that they will never do. Therefore, my heart is sad. I wish to be a man of means. I wish to own lands and cattle, to have fine robes and coins in my purse. I'm willing to work for these things with all the strength in my back, all the skills in my hands, with all the cunning in my mind. But I wish my labors were to be fairly rewarded. What's the matter with us? Again, I ask you, why cannot we have or just serve the good things so plentiful for those who have the gold with which to buy them? Would I know the answer, Cubby replied? No better than thou am I satisfied. My earnings from my lyre are quickly gone. Often, almost I plan is keen that my family may not be not hungry. Also, within my breast, a deep longing for a lyre large enough that it may truly sing the strains of music that do surge through my mind. With such an instrument, could I make finer music that even the king has heard before? Such a lyre thou shouldst have. No man all Babylon could make it sing more sweetly, could make it sing so sweet that not only the king, but the gods themselves would be delighted. But how may us secure it while we, both of us, are as poor as the king's slaves? Listen, listen to them. Listen to the bells. Here they come. He pointed to the long column of half-naked, sweating water berries plowing up the narrow street from the river. Five abreast they marched, each bent under a heavy goatskin of water. A fine figure of a man, he who doth lead him, Cobb indicated the wearer of the bell who marched in front of Without a load, a prominent man in his own country. This easy, easy to see. There are many good figures in the line, Bensir agreed. As good men as we. Tall men from the north, left men from the south, short men from the near countries. All, all marching together from, from the river to the gardens, back and forth, day after day, year after year. No happiness to look forward to. Beds of straw upon which to sleep. Hard green parts eat. Pity the poor brutes, Cobby. Pity them I do, yet thou dost make me see how little better off are we, free men, though we call ourselves. That is true, Scobby. Unpleasant thought, though it be, we do not wish to go on year after year living slavish lives, working, 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 getting nowhere. Might we not find out how others acquire gold? Do they do, Cobby inquired? Perhaps there is some secret we might learn if we but saw after those who knew, replied Vance thoughtfully. This very day, this is Kabi, I did pass our gold friend, old friend, Arkad, riding in his golden car chariot. This I will say, he did he, he not look over my humble head, as many in his station might consider his right. Said he did wave his hand that all onlookers might, might see him, paying gre greeting, and bestow his smile of friendship upon Kabi, the musician. He's, he's claimed to be the richest man all Babylon, 
Rancher mused. So rich the king is said to seek his golden aid in the field of the treasury, Cobbley replied. So rich, I fear if I should meet him in the darkness of the night, I should lay my hands upon his fair fat wallet. Nonsense, reproved Cobby. A man's wealth is not the purse he carries. A fat purse quickly and empty if there's no good, there'd be no good gold to, to refill it. Arcad has an income that constantly keeps his purse full no matter how liberally he spent. So I want to stop right here. Um, this this line really spoke to me. He said that um, a man's wealth is not in the purse he carries. You see, a fat purse quickly empties if there is be no gold, golden stream to refill it. So that means it doesn't matter how fat your pockets are at the moment. Like, what matters is the, the income stream that you have coming in, the income, the income that you have that's filling your pockets. That's 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 a that's an important thing that um, I want to. Trust for in this book. Um, I want to, especially in my community as a black person, um, in our community, we really um, specialize, we really focus on, you know, looking rich, um, you know, maintaining a bag, but we never really, um, we never really speak about having a, having an income, having a sustainable income, ha having multiple stream of income, because that would, and they will make us rich, you know? So let's continue. Income. That is the thing in claiming Bansir. I wish I had an income that will keep flowing into my purse, whether I sit upon a wall or travel to frail, frail lands. Arkad must know how a man can make an income for himself. But suppose it is something he can he can make clear to a mind as slow as mine. Let's continue. Methinks he did teach us his knowledge to his son. Now, Monsieur, Kabi responded. Did he not go to Nineveh and to it? So it is, to let in, became without aid from his father, one of the richest man in that city. Cobby thought bringest to me a rare thought, a new light gleaming in his eyes. It cost nothing to ask wise advice from a good friend. Arkred was all, always that. Never mind, though our purses be empty as the falconness of, of, of a year ago, let, us not, let, let, let that not detain us. We are weary of being without gold in, in the midst of plenty. We wish to become men of means. Come let us go to Arkad and ask how we also may acquire income for ourselves. Thou speakest with true inspiration, Bansir. Thou bringest to my mind a new understanding. Thou makest me to realize the, the reason why we have never found any measure of wealth. We never sought it. Thou hast labored patiently to build the staunchest chariots in, in Babylon. To that purpose, was devoted to your best endeavors. Therefore, at it, at it, thou didst succeed. I chose to become a skillful lie player, and at it, I did succeed. In those things toward which we exerted our best endeavors, we, su we succeeded. The gods were content to let us continue thus. Now at last we see a light, bright like that, from the rising sun. It bids us learn more than we, than we may prosper learn more that we may, we may prosper more with a new understanding we shall find honorable ways to accomplish our desires let us go to Arca this very day Bansir urged also let us ask other fr friends of our boy days who have fared better than ourselves to join us that they may share in his wisdom thou worth ever dost thoughtful of, of thy friends Bansir therefore hast thou many friends it shall be as thou sayest Go this day and take them with us.
here's the ending of the first chapter. Um, we'll continue chapter on tomorrow. So I want to go over a quick, quick review over this chapter. So it has chapter contains two characters, Ban Seer and and Kobe. So Ban Seer, he he is he, he's a chariot builder, and Kobe's a musician. So you know they're talking about you know how you know how poor they are in Babylon in in, in that present present that time about Babylon. You know they're talking about. How you know they have failed to acquire great wealth, and you know they're speaking of their friend Arkad, who was at who was when they were young in the same position as them. You know, they they were saying that Arkad, who was now who was now at that time, rich man Babylon when they were young, he was poor as them as well, but he attained wealth, and you know, so I'm I'm gonna try to um tomorrow. I hope. You tune in and stick with me for this ride because I feel um, that this book can really open our eyes to different things. And, you know, and that knowledge will, you know, create a, a more successful life for us, a more financial, more financial pleasing life for us and bring us some more, more income, more financial freedom. All right, let's go. Hey, guys, what's going on? Mr. Tourood here. Um, back, back at you guys again with his, his, his book. Um, continue series on Richest Man in Babylon. Um, the title of this second chapter is Richest Man in Babylon. So let's get started. In old Babylon, there once lived a certain man, a very rich man named Arkad. Far and wide, he was famed for his great wealth. Also, was he famed for his liberty? He was generous in his charities. He was generous with his family. He was liberal in his own expenses, but nevertheless, each year his wealth increased more rapidly than he spent it. And there were certain friends of younger days who came to him and said, You, Arkad, are more fortunate than we. We have, You have become the richest man in our Babylon while we struggle for existence. You can wear the finest garments and you can enjoy the rarest foods while we must be content. We can clothe our families in raiment as presentable and feed them as the best we can. Yet once we were equal, we studied under the same master. We played in the same games. And either the studies or the games did you excel. And in the years since, you have been no more honorable citizen than we, nor have you worked harder or more faithfully. In so far as we can judge. Why then, a fickle fate single you out to enjoy all the good things of life and ignore us who are equally deserving? Thereupon, Arkad re remonstrated with them, saying, If you have not acquired more than a bare existence in, in, the, in the years since you were youths, it's easier because you have failed to learn the laws that govern the building of wealth, or else you do not deserve. Observe them. Fickle fate is a vicious goddess who brings no permanent good to anyone. On the contrary, she she brings ruin to almost every man upon whom she showers unearned gold. She makes wanton spenders who soon dissipate all they receive and are left beset by overwhelming appetites and desires they have not the ability to gratify. So, so let's take a stop right there. So Arkad, you know, his friends 
are saying that, you know, they grew up with Arca. They grew up playing games together. They grew up, um, they grew up, you know, under the same master. They grew up, you know, they grew up, they grew up in the same tax bracket. Just to be, um, to, to be brief. But, you know, Arcade is saying that, you know, fickle faith did not like fate, like luck, did not bring him that his wealth, you know. So so now we're going to read on and find out how, you know, Arcade went on to build, build his wealth. So let's go back here. Yet others whom she favors become misers and hoard their wealth, fearing to spend what they have, knowing they do not possess the ability to replace it. They further are beset by fear of robbers and doom themselves to lives of emptiness and secret misery. Others there probably are who can take unearned gold and add to it, and continue to be happy and contented citizens. But so few are they, and I know of them, but by hearsay, I think you of the men who who have inherited sudden wealth and see these things are not so. His friends admitted that of the men they knew who had inherited wealth. These words were true. They besought him to explain to them how he had become possessed of so much property prosperity. So we continue. In my youth, I looked about me and saw all the good things there were to bring happiness and contentment. And I realized that wealth increased the potency of all of these. Wealth is a power. With wealth, many things are possible. One may ornament the home with riches of furnishings. One may sail the distant seas. One may feast on the delicacies of far lands. One may buy the ornaments of gold worker and the stone polisher. One may even build mighty temples for the gods. One may do all these things and many others in which there are which, which there is delight for the senses and gratification for the soul. And when I realized all this, I decided to myself that I would claim my share of the good things of life. I would not be one of those who stand far, far off, endlessly watching others enjoy. I would not be content to clothe myself in cheap pieces of raiment that look respectable. I would not be satisfied with the lot of a poor man. On the contrary, I would make myself a guest at this banquet of good things, being, as you know, son of a humble merchant, one of a large family with no hope of inheritance. Not being in doubt, as you have so frankly said, superior powers of wisdom, I decided that I myself was to achieve what I desired. Time and study would be acquired. As for time, all men have an abundance. You, each of you, let it slip by, by let slip by sufficient time to have made yourselves wealthy. So he drops a very, um, very important nugget in this page right here. He says that time is available to every man in abundance. You know, every, he's saying that, though some people may have money, you know, some people may, may or may not have money, but everyone has time. So we're going to see where he's going with this. Yes, you admit that you have nothing to show except your good families, of which you can be justly proud. As for study, did not our wise teacher teach us that? Learning was of two kinds, the one kind being the things we learned anew, and other being the training that he taught us how to find out what, what we did not know. Therefore, I, desire, I, I decided to find out how one might accumulate wealth, and when I had found out, to make this my task and do it well.
or is not wise that we should enjoy while we dwell in the brightness of the sunshine. For sorrows enough shall depend up, descend upon us when we depart for, for darkness of the world of spirit. I found employment as a scribe in the Hall of Records. And long hours each day I labored upon the clay tablets. Week after week and month after month I labored, and yet for my twenty-four earnings I had naught to show. Food and clothing and pennies to the gods and other things which I could remember not what. Absorbed all my earnings, but my, but my determination did not leave me. One day, Agomesh, the moneylender, came to the house of the city master ordered a copy of the ninth law and said to me I must have this in two days and if tax is not done tax is done by that time two coppers will I give to thee so I labored hard but the law was long and when Uncle Mish returned task was unfinished he was angry and, and had I been his slave he would have beaten me but knowing the city master would not permit him to injure me I was unafraid and I said to him Aglamesh you are a very rich man. Tell me how I may also become rich. And all night I will carve upon the clay, and when the sun rises, it shall be completed. He, he smiled at me and replied, You are a foreign knave, but will you call a bargain? At night I carve, though my back pained, and the smell of a wick made my headache until my eyes could hardly see. But when I, he returned that son up, the tablets were complete. And now I said, tell me what you promised. You have, you have fulfilled your part of the bargain, my son. He said to me kindly, I am ready to, to fulfill mine. I will tell you these things you wish to know. Because I am becoming an old man. And an old tongue loves to wag. When youth comes to age for advice, he receives wisdom of years. So I don't want to don't want to let that pass you by. Um, I think that if, as 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 young people, I think that we should really take the advice of of um older older our elders, you know, because too much too many times we we you know we we disregard their advice, we disregard their wisdom, and you know we should um by reading this, I'm learning more that you know. I must cherish, you know, my grandfather, my grandmother, you know, because they're wiser than me, because older. Or let's continue. But often, does the young, does the youth think that age only knows the wisdom of days that are gone, and therefore profits not? But remember this: the sun, sh the sun that shines today, is the sun that shone when thy father was born, and be will be will be shining when thy last grandchild has passed into the darkness. Thoughts of youth, he continued, are bright lights that shine forth like meteors of that oath make brilliant the sky. But the wisdom of age, like fix the stars that shine so unchanged that a sailor may depend, on them, depend upon them to steer his course. Mark you well my words, for if you do not, you will fall, you will fail to grasp the truth that I will tell you, and you will think that your night work has been in vain. Then he looked at me shrewdly from under his shaggy brows and said in a low, forceful tone, I found the road to wealth when I decided that a part of all I earned was mine to keep. And so will you. Then he continued to look at me.
With a glance that I could feel pierced me, but said no more. Is that all I ask? That was that was sufficient enough to change the heart of a sheep herder into the heart of a money lender. He replied. But well, all I earn mine to keep, is it not? I demanded. Far from it, he replied. Do you not pay the garment maker? Do you not pay the sandal maker? Do you not pay for the things that you eat? Can you live in Babylon without spending? What have you to show for your earnings of the past month? What for the past year? Fool. You pay f you pay to everyone but yourself. Dullard, you labor for others. Let me say that again, let me say, let me say that again one more time. Dullard, you labor for others. As well be a slave and work for your master. As well be a slave and work for what your master gives you to eat. And we're. If you keep for yourself, one to the all you earn, how much will you have in ten years? My knowledge of number did not forsake me, and I answered, As much I was earned in one year. You speak but half the truth. Every gold piece you save is a slave to work for you. Every copper it earns is a child that also can earn for you. If, if you become wealthy, then what you save must earn, as children must earn. All may help to give you the abundance you crave. You think I cheat you for your long night work, he continued. But I am paying you a thousand times over. If you have the intelligence to grant the truth, I offer, I offer you. A part of all you earn is your, is your to keep. It should, it should be not less than a tenth, no matter how little you earn. It can be as much as more as you can afford. Pay yourself first. Do not buy from a clothes maker and settlement maker. More than you can pay out of rest and still have enough for food, charity, and penance to the gods. Wealth, like a tree, grows from a tiny seed. The first copper you save is the seed from which your tree of wealth shall grow. The sooner you plant the seed, the sooner the seed shall grow. And the more faithful you nourish and water that tree, consistent saving, the sooner may you bask in contentment beneath the shade. So, that's a very um paragraph right there. It says that wealth, like a tree, grows from a tiny seed. First copper you save is seed from which your tree of wealth shall grow. So they're saying that, you know, saving at least one-tenth of your earnings. So let's say I make $1,000 a month, right? One-tenth of $1,000 is what? It's $100, right? That's one-tenth. So if I every month I save a hundred dollars of my savings, you know I'm saving that money, but I'm using it for other stuff. I'm using it for investing, using it to buy probably to buy starting my own business, using it to um to buy bonds, you know, using it to to create other income, you know. So that that is that is the first step of of, of building wealth. So let's continue. So saying, he took his tablets and went away. I thought much about what he said to me, and it seemed reasonable. So I decided that I would try it. Each time I was paid, I took one from end, took one from each end pieces of copper and hid it away. And strange that it seemed, I was no shorter than a fun than before. I noticed a, a little, a little different that I managed to get along with it. Often I was tempted as my hoard began to grow, spending for some good for good things. The merchants displayed and brought by camel and shipped from the land of the Phoenicians. 
but I wisely refrained. A twelve month after Almas had gone, he, he again returned and said to me, Son, have you paid to yourself and not less than one-tenth of all you have earned for the past year? I said probably, Yes, Master, I have. That is good, he answered, beaming upon me. And what have you done with it? I have given it to Azmar, the brickmaker who told me he was traveling over the far seas in Tyre. He would buy for me the real jewels of the Phoenicians. When he returns, we shall sell these at high prices and divide earnings. Every fool must learn, he growled. But why trust not of a brickmaker about jewels? Let's say, let's, say, let's say that one more time. Why trust not of a brickmaker about jewels? Would you go to the brickmaker to, to acquire about stars? No. By the tunic, you would go to the astrologer. If you had a power to think. Your savings are gone. Youth, you have jerked your wealth away. Your wealth you by the roots. But plan another. Try again and next time. If you would have advice about jewels, go to the jewel merchant. If you would know the truth about sheep, go to the herdsman. Advice once and has freely given away. What will you take only for the words having? He who takes advice about his savings from one is who experienced such matters shall pay for the savings for proving falsity of their opinions. Say this he went away. This one right here, this paragraph, I hope that you took something out of that. I just want to go over that again. It was where I see this. So, so Ashad, Ashad has, um, he, doing this flashback in this, in this part of the story, he had acquired, um, he, he kept one-tenth of his savings for every month, right? So, that means, that, so that means for, for the one year, for the whole year, he kept, like, you know, mm. One thing of his savings for that month, for, for those months. So on the 12th month, um, Arkad came back and Agamesh came back and was explaining to him what he do with the money. He said that he gave it to a brickmaker to buy jewels for the for, of the Phoenicians. And that's that may seem a little bit vague, but that's that's a that's a key right there because. You're spending your money in useless investments. That's like me spending my money in, um, putting all my money into Amazon. You know, Amazon is, is you know, no, no, spending my money, uh, putting all my money into, uh, into, uh, into a stock that is not really well established. You know, that makes no sense because. We do not know that that stock will will grow. We do not know that stock will fail. So the best bet will be to be, be to what put my stock into what into a into investment that is well established, has already you know made profit, and has you know notability in the market. So what's going on? And this was was what he said. For the Phoenicians, for for the Phoenicians are scoundrels. And so as more worthless bits of glass that looked like gems. But as Lemesh had bid, bid me, yet I again saved each tenth each tenth copper. For I now had formed habit and was and was no longer difficult. Again, twelve months later, Algamesh came to the room of the scribe and addressed me. What progress have you made since last I saw you? 
I pay myself faithfully, I replied, and my savings I have adjusted Agar, the shoemaker, to buy bronze each fourth month does he pay me the rental. That is good. What do you do with the rental? I do have a great feast with honey and fine wine and spice cake. Also, I bought me a car tunic. Some days I buy me a young ass for me to wish to ride. To which Agamemnon laughed. You do eat the children off your savings. Then how do you expect them to work for you? How can you have children that will also work for you? First, get thee an army of golden slaves. And then many a rich banquet may you enjoy without regret. So saying, went away again. So I'm put up. I'm harping that that one more time. He says, to get an army of golden slaves, and use their children to work for you. That's saying, you know, I want to. If I if I save that money from my job, you know, I save a hundred dollars a month, right? I then use a hundred dollars a month to to um to invest in AMC, a big stock that, you know, I myself, you know, I'm not gonna spend I'm not gonna tell how much I made, but I some of my family members made a lot of profit off. If that money I made off it if 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 I was like, you know, a lot, a lot of people my age, I'd have spent it on Jordans, you know, spending it on, you know, the a new PS four, a new PS five I mean. All that money that I made off could not help me to create more wealth. So this is what his story is saying in this. Um, this is what um, Clayson is saying in the story. He's you know he's trying to portray. He's trying to show um the way to wealth is by creating wealth, saving wealth, and using that the saved wealth to work for you again. Let's continue. So saying he went we went away again. Nor did I see him again for two years. When he once returned, more returned, and his face was full of deep lines, and his eye drooped, for he was becoming a very old man, and he said, Ask me, Arkad, hast thou yet received the wealth thou dreamed of? And I and I answered, Not yet all that I desire, but some I have, and it earns more. And earnings and its earnings earn more. And do you still take the advice of the brickmakers about brickmaking their good they give good advice, I retorted. Arkady continued. You have learned your lessons well. First, you learn to live upon less than you could earn. Next, you learn to seek advice from those who were competent through their own experiences to give it. And lastly, you have learned to make gold work for you. You have taught yourself how to acquire money and how to keep it, how to use it. Therefore, you are competent for a reasonable position. I am becoming an old man. My sons think of only spending and give no thoughts to earning. My interests are great and I fear too much for me to look after. If you go to Nippur and look after my lands there, I shall make you my partner. And you shall share in my estate. So I went to Nippur and I took charge of his holdings, which were large. And because I was full of ambition and because I had mastered the three laws of success, of successfully Handling wealth, I was enabled to increase greatly the value of his, his properties. So I prospered much. The spirit of Agamemnon departed for the spirit of darkness. I did share in his estate as he had agreed under the law. So speak Arkad. 
and when he had finished his tale, one of his friends said, You were indeed fortunate that Agamish made you made of you an heir. Fortunate in only that I had the desire to prosper before I first met him. So let's let's go back right there. So after Ark after um Ark had finished his story, you always gonna have one we always have one, one person said that, you know. You you were lucky that he gave you this. You were lucky that he gave you that. But no. As you could as you as you could read over the story, as you heard of the story, Ark had a desire, right? He had a desire, a passion, a purpose to build build wealth. The Agamemnon saw that. So that's that's the thing I want, I want to teach you, and one thing I want to learn myself. I'm trying to remove the um, remove the the belief of luck, because because luck, luck exists, but I don't want to to be be the main reason why things can happen. I want to believe in the in the in the in the means of desire and purpose, because that's the way how you know the universe repays you. So let's go on. Fortunate only in that I had a desire to prosper before I first met him. For four years did I not prove my definiteness of purpose by keeping one tenth of all I, of all earned. Would you call a fisherman lucky for who for years so studied the habits of fish with each change of wind he could cast net upon them? Opportunity opportunities as a haughty goddess wastes no time with those who are unprepared. Let's say that one more time. Opportunity opportunity is a haughty goddess who wastes no time with those who are unprepared. That's why I say unprepared hands get no get no meal, you know. Preparing yourself for a situation, you know, preparing yourself to put yourself in, in a position to, for opportunity, you know, that grants you that grants you the opportunity, you know. We can't say as I say you can't say a fisherman was lucky catching fish when when he spent most of his life, you know, studying, you know, studying the sea, studying the 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 behaviors of the fishes. Can't say he's lucky, you know. I want to get, I want to learn that too. I want to teach my my following this. I want to teach um you guys that you know, preparing yourself and you know, studying and you know, spending time for your purpose, not what the society says says you want to do. So I tell you what to do. Preparing yourself for your purpose, for what you want to do in life, that can lead to opportunity. All right, let's go. You had strong willpower to keep on after you lost your first year savings. You're unusually you are unusual in that way, spoke up another. Willpower, retorted Arcade. What nonsense. Do you think willpower gives a gives a man a strength to lift a burden that the camel cannot carry? Or a jar loaded oxen cannot budge? Willpower is but is but the unfilching purpose to carry a task except for yourself to fulfillment. I set for myself a task, be ever so trifling, I shall see it through. How else shall I have confidence in myself to do important things? Shall I say for myself, for hundred days as I walk across the bridge in the city, I'll pick from the road a pebble casting into, into the stream, I would do it. If on the seventh day I pass by without remembering, I'll say to myself, tomorrow, I'll cast the pebbles, which will I would do as well. Instead, I'll trace myself and cast a, the cast of pebble. On the 20th day, would I ask, say to myself, Archer is useless. What does it avail you to cast a pebble every day? Throw in a handful and be done with it. No, I will not say that, nor do it. 
So the task for myself and, and, and I will complete it. Therefore, I'm careful not to start difficult and impractical tasks because I love leisure. And then another friend spoke up and said, if what tell is true, it does not seem as you have said, reasonable. The being so simple, if all men did it, there would be not enough wealth to go around. So what grows wherever men exert energy? Arkin replied. If a rich man builds him a new palace, is the gold he pays out gone? No. The brickmaker has part of it. Labor has part of it. And the artist has, has a part of it. And everyone who labors upon the house has a part of it. Yet, when the palace is completed, it is not worth all of all its costs? And is the ground upon which it stands not worth more because it, it is there? And is the ground that adjoins it, is not, is it not worth more because, it, because it's there? Wealth grows in, in magic ways. No man can, prophes can prophesy the limit of it. Have not the, have not the, the Phoenician built great cities on barren coasts? With the wealth that comes from the ships of commerce on the seas? What then do you advise us to do? That we also may become rich, asked still of an, another of his friends. Years have passed. We are we're no longer young men. And we have nothing put by. Arca replied, I advise that you take the wisdom of Agamesh and say to yourself, A part of all I earn is mine to keep. Say it one more time. Part of all that, all, all I earn, mine to keep. You know, say in the morning when you first arise. Say it at noon. Say it at night. Say it each hour for every day. Say it to yourself until the words stand out like letters of fire across the sky. Impress yourself with the idea. Fill yourself with the thought. Then take whatever portion seems wise. Let it be not less than one tenth, and lay it by. Arrange your your other expenditures to do this if necessary. But lay by that portion first. Soon you realize what a rich feeling it is to own treasure upon which you alone have claimed. As it grows, it will stimulate you. A new joy of life will truly. Greater efforts will come to you as you earn more. For, for of your increased earnings, will not the same percentage be also yours to keep? Then learn to make your treasure work for you. Make it your slave. Make his children and his children's children at an age. Make his children and his children's children work for you. Ensure an income for that future. Look thou at the age and for not forget not that in the days to come thou also will you be numbered among them. Therefore invest thy, invest thy treasure with great caution that it may not be lost. Your serious race of return, or the seaful siren that sing, but to lord unwary upon the rocks of loss and remorse. Provide also that that family may not want, should the gods call thee to their realms. For such protection is it also always possible to be provision, small payments at regular intervals. Therefore, provident man, lay not in expectation of a large sum becoming available such a, a wise purpose conceal with wise men seek the advice of wise men whose daily work is handling money let them save you from such an error as I myself been entrusting my money to the judgment of Azmar the brickmaker 
A small return and a safe one is far more than a desirable, more desirable than risk. I'm going to read that one more time. A small return and a safe one is far more desirable than risk. So that's what I try to show you guys, you know. You know, even investing in the investing scene, the stock scene, the trading scene, whatever you want to call it, crypto, forex. Smaller, um, you know, smaller trades, smaller stocks may seem a little bit, you know, you know, it may seem a little bit um, unappealing. But, you know, over time, they they, they will grow with the right research, with the, on, on, the right, on the right leadership, on the right leadership, on the, on the right management, you know. They're, they're able to grow over the course of years. So, you know, so they're saying right now, you know, small investments, you know, small risk, you know, even though they may have a small return, they're safer and more desirable than, than a greater risk. Let's continue. Enjoy life while you're here. Not overstrain or try to save too much. If one cent is all, if all you, if one cent of all you earn is as much as you can comfortably keep, be content with this portion. Live otherwise according to your income and let not yourself be cold-fitted and afraid to spend. Life is good and life is rich with things worthwhile and things to enjoy. His friends thanked him and went away. Some were silent because they had no imagination couldn't understand. Some were sarcastic because they thought one so rich should, should divide with old friends not, not so fortunate. Let's, let's read it one more time. Some were silent because they had no imagination couldn't understand. That's about, say, let's call it, we call it the, the 80% of people, you know, 80% of, of, of people these days, you know, have no desire, they have no fire, they don't have no, they don't have any, um, imagination in their hearts, they don't have any, um, they have any, any, um, they have any, they have any vision, they have any vision of, of themselves, they can't see between, you know, the daily life, they can't see anything other than, than being a, a 95 worker, you can't see anything, anything, anything beneath, above themselves right now. You can't see yourself becoming rich. So those people, to be frank, you know, and not to be rude, but those people are, those people should not be your friends. Don't allow a person like that into your life, because the only thing they will be will try to kill your fire, you know, try to, try to quench your flame. Next, next person is, some were sarcastic because they thought that one so rich should divide with old friends, not so fortunate. People like this are, are, are cancer, you know. They're a cancer. Because in their eyes, you know, only thing valuable, valuable to them is money, you know. You know. They only see, um... They only see... They only see that, um... They only see the money that... that archetypes, you know, they don't, they can't see the, the knowledge that, that, that is showing to them, those type of friends, you should never keep around you, you should always let them go, because no matter what you do for them, they're all going to try to, all try to take something from you, you know, and then we have a small percentage of people, some, some were smart, see, but some had a, had in their eyes a new light, they realized that Agamemnon had come back each time to the room of the scribe because he was watching a man work his way out of darkness into light. When that man had found the light, a place awaited him. No one could fill that place until he had worked for himself, worked out his own understanding, until he was ready for the opportunity. These latter were the ones and who in the following years frequently visited Arkad, who f f received them gladly. 
He counseled with them and gave them freely of his wisdom, as men of broad experience are always glad to do. And he assisted them in, in so investing their savings that it would bring in, in a good interest with safety and it would neither be lost not, or, nor entangled in investments that should pay no dividends. All right. And the turning point in these men's lives had came upon that day when they realized the truth that had come from Aglamesh Archive and from Archive to them. As I say again, Part of yours is your part. All you earn is yours to keep. And here comes that's finishing off the first chapter. Second chapter means the second chapter. What I want to, what I want to read to, to, to repeat and read, uh, read it with you one more time. Part of all you earn is yours to keep. That's that's one of the most important things I, I can leave you with during the episode. A part of all you earn is yours to keep. Part of all you earn is yours to keep. You know, let's try that into your heads, try it into our heads, you know. So every day as we earn, you know, we work, our nine to fives, we work, work our jobs. A part of all we earn, which is one-tenth, making $1,000, $2,000, keeping a hundred, keep it, keep it two hundred. Making If I'm making ten grand a month, keeping a thousand dollars, keep a hundred, making a hundred, hundred grand a month, you know, I don't know who is making that money, but if you are, I'm keeping, I'm keeping... You know, keeping 10 grand a month, I'm keeping one tenth. A part of all I earn is mine to keep. Hope you, hope you guys um, love this episode. Hope you guys are inspired, like all I'm inspired right now, fired up right now to um, start, you know, to, to, to um, apply this method to your lives. I've been doing this for the past month, and trust me, you know, it's, it's very beneficial. So come see you back in the next episode. Let's go. Boom. Hey guys, what's up? Mr. Tui Root here. I'm back with the, the third chapter of our book, Richest Man in Babylon. This chapter is called The Seven Cures for a Lean Purse. Seven Cures, cures for a Lean Purse. So basically that means we're going to go into the seven ways in which any ordinary man could, an ordinary man with a job or you know, a sort of income can fatten their pockets. Let's get, let's get into it. The glory of Babylon endures. Down through the ages, his reputation comes to us as the richest of cities, his treasures as fabulous. Yet, it was not always so. The riches of Babylon were results of his people. They first had to learn to become wealthy. When the good king, Sargon, turned Babylon after defeating his enemies, the Elamites, he was confronted with this serious situation. The royal chancellor explained it to the king thus. After many years of great prosperity brought to our people, because your majesty built the great canals and the mighty temples of the gods, now that these works are completed, people see unable to support themselves. The laborers are, are without employment. The merchants have few customers. The farmers are unable to sell their produce. The people have not enough gold to buy food. But where has all, all the gold gone? I was planning for these great improvements, demanded the king. It had found its way, I feared, responded the chancellor, in the position of a very few rich men of our city. It filtered through the fingers of most of our people as quickly as the goat's milk through the strainer. Now that the stream of gold has ceased to flow, most of our people have nothing for, nothing to for their earnings. The king was sought for, for some time, and he asked, 
Why should so few men be able to acquire all the gold? Because they know how, replied the Chancellor. One may not condemn a man for succeeding because he knows how. Neither may one with justice take away from man what he has fairly earned to give to men of less ability. But why, demanded the king, shall all the people learn how to accumulate gold and therefore become themselves rich and prosperous? Quite possible, your, your Excellency. But who can teach them? Certainly not the priests, because they know not of money-making. Who knows best in all city to become wealthy? Chancellor asked the king. The question answer itself, your majesty. Who has amassed the greatest wealth in Babylon? Well, said my able chancellor. It is Archite. He is the richest man in Babylon. Bring him before me on the morrow. Upon the following day, as the king had decreed, Archite appeared before him, straight and sprightly, despite his three score and ten. Archite spoke to the king. Is it true thou art the richest man in Babylon? So it is reported, your majesty, and no man disputes it. How became thou so wealthy? By taking advantage of opportunities available to all citizens of our good city. Thou hast nothing to start with, only a great desire for wealth. Besides this, nothing. Arkad, continued the king, our city is in a very unhappy state, because a few men know how to acquire wealth and therefore monopolize it, while the mass of our citizens lack knowledge of how to keep any part of the gold they receive. It is my desire that Babylon be the wealthiest city in the world. Therefore, it must be a city of many wealthy men. Therefore, we must teach all the people how to acquire riches. Tell me, Arkad, is there any secret to acquiring wealth? Can it be taught? It's practical, your majesty. That which one man knows can be taught to others. The king eyes glowed. Arkad, thou speakest a word I wish to hear. Will thou lend thyself to this great cause? Will thou teach thy knowledge to a school for teachers? Each of whom shall teach others until they are enough trained to teach these truths to every worthy subject in my domain. Arkad bowed his head and said, I am thy humble servant to, the, to, to command. Whatever knowledge I possess will I gladly give for the betterment of my fellow men and the glory of my king. Let your good chancellor arrange me for, for me a class of 100 men, and I will teach them those seven cures which did fatten my purse, than which there was none leaner in all Babylon. So I want to give a special line that um, I think that many of us should really consider. It says that that which one man knows can talk to others. So I think this is one of the greatest ways to success. Um, spreading knowledge to others. You know, spreading spreading what you know that benefits you to help others. Cause that is what God what what that 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 because that, 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 that is the right thing. Whether you believe in God or not, that's the right thing to do. If you know how to, you know, accumulate wealth, if you know how to if you know how to um, be successful in the stock market, if you know, you know, certain how to solve certain problems in calculus and certain problems, you know, in different areas, you should you should find a way to help others. If someone is yearning to learn, someone is eager to learn, you should also help others, because you know that that would be something that you want to do, 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 do want someone to do, do for you also. So let's continue. A fortnight later, in compliance with the king's command. The chosen 100 assembled in the great hall of the Temple of Learning, seating upon colorful rings in a semicircle. Arca sat beside a small tabaret, 
upon which smoked a sacred lantern for a strained and pleasing odor. Behold, richest man in Babylon, whispered a student, nudging his neighbor as Archer arose. He's but a man, even as the rest of us. The dutiful subject of our great king, Archer began, I stand before you in his service, because once I was a poor youth who did greatly desire gold, and because I found knowledge that enabled me to acquire it, he asked that I impart into you my knowledge. He started my fortune. I started my fortune in the humblest way. I had no advantage, not endured as fully by you and every citizen in Babylon. The first storehouse of my treasure, my treasure was, was a well purse. I loathed it, its useless emptiness. I desired it to be round and full, clinking with the sound of gold. Therefore, I sought every remedy for a lean purse. I found seven. To you who are assembled before me shall I explain the seven cures for a lean purse, which I do recommend to all men who desire much gold. Each day for seven days I explain to you one of the seven remedies. Listen attentively to the knowledge I will impart. Bait it with me. Discuss it among yourself. Learn these lessons thoroughly, that ye may also plant in your purse seeds of wealth. First, each of you start widely to build fortune of his own. Then will thou be competent, and only then teach these truths to others. This is the first step leading to the temple of wealth, and no man may climb who cannot plant his feet firmly upon the first step. We shall not consider the first cure. Here's the first cure. Arkad addressed a thoughtful man in the second row. My good friend, at what craft works thou? I replied, a man, I'm a scribe and carve records upon the clay tablets. Even at such labor did, did I myself earn my first coppers. Therefore, thou hast the same opportunity to build a fortune. He spoke to a florid faced man for farther back. Pray, till also what thou thou do to earn thy bread. I, upon this man, am a meat butcher. I do buy the goats that the farmer raised and kill them and sell the meat to the housewives and the hides to the sandal makers. Because thou also do labor and earn, thou hast every advantage to succeed that I did possess. In this way did Arca proceed to find out how each man labored to earn his living. When he done questioning them, he said, Now, my students, Ye can see that there are many trades and labors at which man may earn coins. Give the way of earnings a stream of gold from which a work worker doth divert by the labor and a portion to his own purse. Therefore, the purse of each of you flows a stream of coins, large or small, according to his ability. Is it not so? Therefore, thereupon they agreed and said that it was so. Then continued Arkad. If each of you desires to build wealth, build from himself a function of fortune, is it not wise to start by utilizing the sort of wealth which he already has established? To this they agreed. Then Arca turned to a humble man who had declared himself at an Egar merchant. If thou select one of thy bas baskets and put it in the in, in it each morning ten eggs, take from it each evening nine eggs, what will happen? It will be coming in time overflowing. Why? Because each day I put in one more egg and I take out. So, 
he says. So let's continue from that, from there on. Arka turned to the class with a smile. If any man here have a lean purse, first they look amused, then they laugh. Lastly, they wave their purses in jest. All right, he continued. Now I shall tell thee the first remedy to cure a lean purse. Do exactly as I have suggested to the egg merchant. For every torn ten coins thou place within thy purse, take out for use but nine. Thy purse will start to fatten at once, and its increasing weight will feel good in thy hand, and bring satisfaction to thy soul. Deride not what I say because of, of its simplicity. Truth is always simple. I told thee I would tell thee till how, how I built my fortune. This was my beginning. I too carried a lean purse and cursed it because it, there was naught within to satisfy my desires. When I began to take off from my purse, but nine parts of ten I put in, it began to fatten, so will thine. Now I will tell you a strange truth, for the reason for which I know not. When I ceased to pay out more than nine-tenths of my earnings, I managed to get along just as well. I was much shorter than before. Also, eerie long, did coins come to me more easily than before. Surely it is the law of the gods that unto him do keep it and spend it, and a certain part of his all earnings shall gold come more easily. Likewise, him whose purse is empty does gold avoid. Which desires thou the most? Is it the gratification of thy desires each day? A jewel, a bit of finery, a bit of raiment, more food? Things quickly gone and forgotten, or is, or is it substantial belongings, gold, lands, herbs, merchandise, income-bringing investments? The coins thou takest from thy purse bring the first. The coins that leavest within it will bring the latter. This, my students, was the first cue I did discover for my lean purse. For each ten coins I put in, I spend but nine. Bait this among yourselves. If any man proves it untrue, tell me upon the morrow. When we shall meet again. So, what he's trying to say is that, you know, for every every time you get a, every for every income that comes into your pocket, you must at least save one ten. So, for every hundred dollars, I'm, I'm I'm trying to at least save ten dollars. Every thousand dollars, I might want to save a hundred. You know, for every 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 income that comes comes my way, I want to save at least one tenth. And, and use it as a savings, and as 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 time goes over, it accumulates. So that, that's gonna be the first cure for a lean purse. Let's move on to the second one. Second cure. Some of our members, my students, have asked me this: How can a man keep one tenth of all he earns in his purse when all the coins he earns are not enough for necessary expenses? So the archive addresses students upon the second day. Yesterday, how many of thee carried lean purses? Always answer the class. Okay, continue. Yet thou do not all earn the same. Some earn much more than others. Others have largest, largest families to support. Yet all purses were equally lean. Now I tell thee an unusual truth about men and the sons of men. It is this. That each of us calls our, our necessary expenses, which always grow to equal our incomes, unless we protest the contrary. Confuse not necessary expenses with thy desires. Each of you, together with your good families, have more desire than the earnings can, can gratify. 
Therefore, are thy earnings spent to gratify these desires insofar as they will go? Still thou retainest many ungratified desires. All men are burdened with more desires than they can gratify. Because of my will, thinkest thou I may gratify every desire. This is this a false idea. There are limits to my time. There are limits to my strength. There are limits to the distance I may travel. There are limits to what I may eat. There are limits to the zest with which I may enjoy. I say to you, just as the weed grow in the field, wherever the farmer leaves place for their roots, even so freely do desires grow in men whenever there is a possibility of their being gratified. These desires are multitude, and that those and those that though may grasp gratify are but few. Study thoughtfully the by custom habits of living. Herein may be most often found certain ascetic expensive, and that may be wisely reduced or eliminated. Let thy motto be one hundred percent of appreciated value demanded for each coin spent. Therefore engrave upon the clay each thing for which thou desirest to spend. Select those that are necessary, and that those and others that are possible through the expense, expenditure of one-tenth of that income. Cross out the rest, and consider them but a part of that of that great multitude of desires that must go unsatisfied, and regret them not. Budget, then, thy necessary expenses. Touch not the one-tenth that is fattened fatten thy purse. Let this be thy great desire that is being fulfilled. Keep working with thy budget. Keep adjusting it to help thee. Make it thy first assistant in defending thy fattening purse. What we want to do is, you know, make sure, making sure that we have a budget. No matter how young or old you are, it could be 18, 19, 20, have a budget. That's, that, that's very important for a, for a young person. Because for most young per, person, me, I'm only 18, but honestly, the, the domain have a, a large, large income money. I know that I have time. I know that um, I have time to grow. I know I have time to make, make money have grow. And that's 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 for any person at any age. We need to, you know, decide what is necessary to be bought, what is um, you know, unnecessary. You know, we look at this side like 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 what do we need to buy and what can be bought later in life when we have more, you know, accumulated income. So that's that's what the second uh, that's that's the main topic of of a second of a second curse. We can even move on. But but the main topic is keep a budget and spend wisely. So let's continue. Hereupon, one of the students wearing a robe of red and gold arose and said, I am a free man. I believe that it is my right to enjoy the good things of life. Therefore, do I rebel against the slavery of a budget which determines how much I may spend and for what? I feel it would take much pleasure from my life and that my little more than a pack ass to carry a burden. To him, Arkad replied, Who, my friend, will determine thy budget? I'll make it for myself, responded the protesting one. In that case, Arca continued, were a pack ass to budget his burden, would he include darren jewels and rugs of heavy bars of, of gold? Not so. He would include hay and grain and a bag of water for desert trail. The purpose of a budget is to help thy person fatten. It is to assist thee to have thy necessities and insofar as attainable thy other desires. It is it is enable thee to realize thy most cherished desire by defining them from the, thy casual wishes. It's like a bright light in a dark cave. Thy budget shows up the leaks from thy purse, enables there to stop them, and control thy expenditures for indefinite and gratifying purposes. This then is the second cure for a lean purse. 
budget thy expenses, that thou mayest have coins to pay for thy necessities, to pay for enjoyment and to gratify thy worthwhile desires, without spending more than nine-tenths of thy earnings. So, an author's footnote right here says, like, live like no one else, or literally, you can live and give like no one else. Let me say that one more time. Live like no one else. So later you can live and give like no one else. So while you're young, you know, and while you still have, you know, you know, not while you're young. Why are you still, why are you still able to, to move around? Why are you still able to, you know, to, in, to, 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 to gain an income by working, you know? Live like no one else, you know? Stay away from partying. You know, stay away from the club. Stay away from, you know... Spending your money unwisely, you know. Stay away from indulging in sexual activities. Like, stay away from indulging in multiple sexual activities. Stay away from spending money on sex. Stay away from spending money on, you know, on, you know, on, on, on wasteful things, you know. Spend most of your time on, you know, your purpose. That's one of the biggest ways to success, you know. Because from my experience, you know, I used to chase women all the time, chase girls, chase the club, chase, you know, other things in life. But, you know, I, I started to get more on my on my purpose, you know, started to, to, to try to help people more, started to work out, started to, you know, invest my money. I realized that all that thing comes later in life. All the girls that I was chasing, they chase me now because, you know, I, I don't really have to chase them anymore. I'm chasing what I want. So that that's that's why you want to look into more. I'll try to live like no one else. Later, 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 we can live and give like no one else. Let's, let's continue. Misfortune loves a shining mark. Gold in a man's purse must be guarded with firmness, else it be lost. Thus, it is wise that we must first secure small amounts and learn to protect them before the gods trust us with larger. So spoke Arca of the third age of his class. Every urn of gold is tempted by opportunities where it you may seem that he could make large sums by his investment in most plausible projects. Often friends and relatives are equally entering such investment and urge him to follow. The first principle investment is security for that principle. Right? It is wise to be intrigued by larger in, in earnings when that principle may be lost? I say not. So what he's trying to say is that is it smart to, you know, to be to to, to 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 earn for like for a bigger investment, a big gain of investment, so that what you have is saving is lost. You know, she's trying to say like that. In other ways, she's trying to say like it's not wise to you know to um, waste your money on an investment that that could that's very risky, but could but 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 could also you know give off a high return. You know, so he can explain what would be more wise. The penalty of risk is probably lost. Study carefully before parting with thy treasure each assurance that it may be safely reclaimed. Be not blessed by thy own romantic desires to make wealth rapidly. Therefore, before thou loan it to any man, assure thyself of his ability to repay and his reputation for doing so, that thou mayest be not unwillingly be making him a present of thy hard-earned treasure. Before thou entrust it as an investment of, in any field, Acquaint yourself with dangers which may beset it. My own first investment was a charity to me at the time. The, the guarded savings, the guarded savings of a year, I didn't trust to a brick maker named Asma, who travel who was traveling over the far seas in the tire, 
agreed to me, agreed to buy for me the rare jewels of the, of the, of the Phoenician. These we would sell upon the return and divide the profits. The, the Phoenicians were scoundrels and sold them bits of glass. My treasure was lost. Today my training was shown to me at once the folly of entrusting a brickmaker to buy jewels. So let's, let's think about that one. That right here is a gem right here. He trusted a, a jewel ma a, a brick maker to buy jewels. That makes no sense. Like, you know, that's like saying I'll trust a plumber to do heart surgery, you know. If you're trying to make an investment, you know, make sure that the per people around you are, you know, are sound. Make sure you're making, trying to make a sound investment. If you're trying to invest in Apple, we all know Apple. If, if we know Apple going on $30 a day, we know Apple must go back up. But if, it's, if, if, if you're trying to invest in a, in a small company, you know, there's a chance that it might raise, but, you know, there's, there's, not, there's, not a lot of, there's not a lot of capital behind it. So, you know, as we go on in life, we try to, it's hard to, you know, increase our investment, increase our savings. Which always, you know, be careful of who, of who we spend our investment in and who we invest in. Let's continue. Therefore, I do advise thee from the wisdom of my experiences. Be not too confident of thine own wisdom, trusting thy treasures to the possible pitfalls of investments. Better, by far, to consult the wisdom of those experienced in handling money for profit. Such advice is freely given for the asking and may, may readily possess a value equal in gold to the sum thou considerest investing. In truth, such is its actual value if it save thee from loss. This, then, is a third cure for a lean purse, and of great importance if it prevent thy purse from being emptied once it has become well filled. Guard the, guard the treasure from loss and investing only where thy principle is safe. Where it may be reclaimed if desired, and where thou will not fail to collect a fair rental. Consult with wise men, secure the advice of those experienced in profitable handling of gold. Let the wisdom protect thy treasure from unsafe hands. So what you're trying to say in this part right here is, you know, consult other people, you know, you know, talk to other people, get help. Because no man on earth is, because is, there's, there's no way, no man, there's no way, there's no way that you would know everything, you know. There's no way that that you would know more about, there's no way that, there's no way that, that you alone could, 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 could know more about another topic than other people. So try to, try to consult with people who are professional. Try to try to consult with people who know more about investing. Try to consult people who know more about you know loaning and other other business areas, you know, and you know and try to and also too try to surround yourself with people who know more than you. You know, Bill Gates is not a smart man in his own world. You know, you know he's not a small person in the world, but but he surrounds himself with people who you know are very brilliant. You know, same way with Elon Musk. He's not a smart person in the world either, but, you know, he tried to surround himself with, surround himself with people who are smarter, you know, and that's why he's so, 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 so successful in life today. Let's continue to the fourth cure. Behold, thy lean purse fattening. Thou, thou hast dis disciplined thyself to leave therein one of all thou earnest. Thou hast controlled thy expenditures to protect thy growing treasure. Next, we consider means to put thy treasure to labor and to increase.
gold in the purse gratifies own and satisfies a misery soul, but earns nothing. Gold we may return from our earnings is, is, is but the start. Earnings is, is what we will make to build our future. So spoke Arcot upon the four days of his class. How, therefore, may we put our gold to work? My first investment was unfortunate before I lost it all. This tale I will relate later. My first profitable investment was a loan I made to a man named Agar, a shoemaker. One year, on, once each year, did he buy large shipments of bronze, brought from across the sea to use in his trade. Lacking sufficient capital to pay the merchants, he borrowed from those with extra coins. He was an honorable man, his borrowing which he would repay together with a liberal rental. Also, he sold his shields. Each time I loaned him, I loaned, I loaned back also rental he had paid me. Therefore, not only did my capital increase, but its earnings likewise increased. Most gratifying was it to have these sums returned to my purse. I tell you, my students, a man's wealth not in the coins he carries in his purse. It is the income he buildeth, the golden stream that floweth into his purse and keepeth it always bulging. This is what every man desireth. This is what thou, each of thou, each of the, each of thee desireth an income that continueth to come, whether thou work or travel. That right there is a gem right there again. Say a man's wealth not in the in, in the coins he hath, but the income that he buildeth. The income that the income that you know continues to flow in his pockets. You know, that's what each and every one of us, as as men, women, whatever, we should aim to have, and have an income that. You know, over time, you know, it's, it's reliable, you know, sustainable. It, it helps us as we go on in life. You know, it doesn't matter how much money we make, how much money we keep, you know. And also how much money, how much money is coming in at, at the same time, you know. So if, if you're a doctor, you can probably find another way to make, make another money on a side income. If you're, if you're a nurse, whatever. We should all be, we should also be learning every day how to, how to make money on the side. Make money, you know, flow into our pockets. Each day, every day. Let's continue. Great income I have acquired. So great that I am called a very rich man. My loans to Agar were my first training in a profitable investment. Gaining wisdom from this experience, I extended my loans and investments. My capital increased. From a few, forces, from a few forces, sources at first, my, from many sources later flowed into my purse a golden stream of wealth available. For such wise uses as I should aside. Behold, from my humble earnings, I have begotten a horde of golden slaves, each laboring and earning more gold. As they labored for me, so their children also labored, and their children's children, until great was the income from their combined efforts. Gold increaseth rapidly when making reasonable earnings, as thou wilt see when I follow it. A farmer, when his first son was born, took ten silvers, to a money lender, asked him to keep it rental for, for his son until he became twenty years of age. This the money lender did, and agreed that rental should be one fourth of his value each four years. The farmer asked because the sum he had set aside belonging to his son that the rental be added to the principal. When the boy had reached age of twenty, the farmer again went to the money lender to inquire about the silver. The money lender explained that because. This sum had increased by compound interest. 
the original 10 pieces of silver had grown to 30 and one half pieces. The farmer was well pleased, and because the son did not need the coins, he left him with a money lender. When the son became 50 years of age, the father, meantime, having passed to the other world, the money lender paid the son and sent him 167, 167 pieces of silver. That's 50 years that had investment multiply itself at rental almost 17 times. This, then, is the fourth cure for a lean purse. Put each coin to labor and that it may reproduce its kind. Even if the folks feel that, that and help it to bring thee income, a stream of wealth that shall flow constantly into thy purse. So what you're trying to say is that, you know, as I want to preach, as I, if, if you listen to me, um, um, regularly, if you listen to my other podcast, my episodes in this series, um, the, the, um, this series of the book called The Richest Man in Babylon, you always hear me talk about investing. You always hear me talk about the stock market, you always hear me talk about that, because I'm very, you know, I'm deeply interested in, in the stock market. Um... As a as a person as a person as a, as, a, as a person in America as they call a minority, you know I don't think see myself a minority, but it's one that's trying to call me um it's trying to call me my class of people. But in my eyes, I think that investing is is a way out of poverty. I think that investing is the most sure way to out of poverty. Investing, you know, it helps. You know, investing should should be available to, to everyone. Every, every everyone. Everyone who who wants to um acquire success in life should be looking to invest in. So I want to preach that, and um, I hope I hope um probably in the future I'm, I want to I want to create um more episodes on investing, and probably introduce more young young younger people, older people, and and show them you know the way to invest and how and how other people are becoming more successful with, with investing. Let's continue to the fifth cure. So the fifth cure, this day do I speak to thee, my students, as of one of the most vital remedies for a lean purse. Yet I will talk not of gold, but of yourselves, of the men beneath the robes of many colors who do sit before me. I talk to, thee, to you of those things within the minds and lives of men which do work for or against their success. So the archer addressed his class upon the fifth day. Long ago came to me young men seeking to borrow. When I questioned him the cause of necessity, he complained that his earnings were insufficient to pay his expenses. Thereupon I explained to him that being the case, he was a poor customer for a moneylender as he did not possess no surplus earning capacity to repay the loan. What you need, young man, I told him, is to earn more coins. What dost thou do to increase that capacity to earn? All I can do... He replied, six times within two moons have I proposed a master to request my pay be increased, but without success. No man can go oftener than, than that. We may smile at his simplicity, yet he did possess one of the vital requirements to, to increase his earnings. Within him was a strong desire to earn more, a proper and commendable desire. Preceding accomplishment must be desired. Thy desires must be strong and definite. General's desires are but weak longings. For a man to wish to be rich is of little purpose. For a man to desire five pieces of gold is an intangible desire, which he can press to, fulfill, to fulfillment. After he's back his desire for five pieces of gold, 
with strength of purpose is cured. Next, you can find similar ways to obtain 10 pieces, and then 20 pieces, and later a thousand pieces, and behold, you have become wealthy. In learning to secure one different and small desire, he has trained himself to secure a larger one. This is the process by which wealth is accumulated, first in small slums, sums, then in larger ones, as a man learns and becomes more capable. Desires must be simple and definite. They defeat their own purpose should they be too many. Too confusing or beyond a man's training to accomplish. So what we want so what we want trying to do now. I want to go back to um, what I said before. If a man desires to, to, to if a man for a man desire, probably the goal is very that's very easy to do, you know. Probably back in those times, but you know, let's say so let's say um let's say that I wanted to you know, I wanted to um get five dollars. Probably I would you know, you know probably do something simple. Probably cut somebody's lawn, um wash somebody's car. You know, something simple. Then then after I get that, I want to say I want to get $10. Probably I'll cut two more lawns. Probably I will, you know, try to flip a toy on eBay. Probably something like that, you know. $20, I will, I will do something like that. I'll probably flip, flip, flip a phone. Probably flip, $20, probably, probably flip, flip a bigger toy than that. Probably, probably, probably flip, flip um, probably sell, probably sell an item that I have. Thirty dollars. I'll I'll keep on doing. I keep on going bigger and bigger until I reach a hundred, to reach a thousand, to reach to reach to reach, to reach, to reach ten to ten thousand. So we all got to start somewhere small, you know. If we want to learn how to make money on our own, you know, become a entrepreneur, we got to learn how to, how to build small. That's what he's trying to say right here. So, desire must be simple and definite. They defeat their own purpose. Should they be too many? So confusing, or beyond on beyond a man's training. So our desire must must be must be must must be within our must be within our reach. You know, we can't be at work wanting to be a manager, but we can't. We don't have the skills for it. We don't have we don't have social skills for it. We don't, we don't have the um the time management skills for it. We don't have the we don't have this you know the the leadership skills for it. We can't we can't desire that that type of position. We don't have the training for it. Let's continue again. As a man perfected himself in his calling. Even so, does the ability to earn increase? In those days, when I was a humble scribe, carving upon the clay for a few cars each day, I observed that other workers did more than I, and were paid more. Therefore, I did I determine that I would be exceeded by none. Nor did it take long for me to discover the reason for the greatest success. More interest in the, in my work, but more concentration upon my task, more persistence in my effort, and behold, few men could carve more tablets a day than I. Reasonable promptness, my increased skill was rewarded, and was necessary for me to go six times to my master to request recognition. More and more wisdom we know, the more we may earn. Let's, let me expound on that one. This is something that um, you know, I have been working on, and I, I, I understand. No one cares. No, no one cares about you know what, what you think. No one cares about what you're gonna do. No one cares about you know what you what you say you're gonna do. Only people care about is your results, you know. If you show your boss that you can work, uh, you show your boss that you, that you can work at a higher level. He has no reason. He has no, you know, he has no right to withhold you from, you know, you, he has no right to, to hold you from your required pay. He know he has no right to hold you from the pay that you deserve. If he does so, you know, 
your work will be so, you know, admirable that other other companies will want to hire you as well. And also in life, if, if people might see you as, as incompetent because, you know, because of your race, once you show them your work, they cannot, they cannot argue with you, you know, because like at a time right now, I'm in college right now and, um, I started, you know, um, using AutoCAD for anybody knows that, you know, it's a, like a, it's like a 3D, 2D type drawing system, you know, computer aided drawing system, if you, if you may know, know what that means. So, you know, most times people might see me and they may not think that I'm, I may be able to draw certain plans, draw certain floor plans, draw certain objects, draw certain mobile systems, but, you know, that's, that's what they that that's what they think. They think that they think that I may be competent to do so, but when I show them my work, you know, they understand that I, I'm able to do it. So when the, every everyone listening to this for today, I, I want you to, to understand this. No one cares about what you think. No one cares about what you what you say, what you want to do. The thing they care about is your results. Let's continue. The more wisdom we know, the more we may earn. The man who seeks to learn more of his craft shall be richly rewarded. If he, if he is an artisan, he may seek to learn the methods and tools of which of those most skillful in the same line. If he laboreth at the law, art healing, he may consult and exchange knowledge with others of his calling. If he be merchant, he may continually seek better goods that can be purchased at lower prices. Also do the fears of men change and prove, cause keen-minded men Seek greater skill that they may better serve those upon whose patronage they depend. Therefore, I urge all men to be in the front rank of progress and not to stand still, lest they be left behind. I say that again. I urge all men to be in the front rank of progress and not be stand, not to stand still, left behind. Always be a, always keep a, 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 a progressive mind. Always keep a forward thinking mind. Never try to, you know, you know, never try to, you know. Be a, be a be a minimal minimalist person. Now I'm not trying to say that every day you should be working, but you know you should have a time. You should have time to chill out, chillax. You know, time to to chill out. But always be progressive. Always work toward your goals. Cause it's it's a very it's a very it's a very competitive world. You know, every day there's someone trying to steal your spot. Whether you whether you're at work, whether you're at school, whether you know you're 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 on a sports team. Always someone, you know, always someone, always someone out there that's, always someone out there that, wait a minute, wait, let me see, yeah, there's always someone out there that's out for your spot, you know, always somebody out for your spot, always someone out there trying to take away, you know, what is yours, so you gotta be on the front line of progress, let's continue. He must pay his debts. Many things come to a man to make a man's life rich with gainful experiences. Such things as the following. A man must do if he respect himself. He must pay his debts with all the promptness within his power, not purchasing that for which he's unable to pay. He must take care of his family that they may think and speak well of him. He must take a will of records that, in case of the gods, call and proper and honorable division of his proper power to be accomplished. He must have compassion upon those who are injured and smitten by misfortune, aid them within reasonable limits. He must do deeds of thoughtfulness to those dear to him. Thus, 
The fifth remedy for a lean person is to cultivate thy own powers, to study and become wiser, become more skillful, and to act as to respect thyself. Thereby shalt thou acquire confidence in thyself to achieve thy carefully considered desires. So this right here is a this last um couple of sentences and paragraphs. Um, this right here is a gem. Uh, let me tell you this. Because a man who man who doesn't who, man who, who, who do not respect himself can not, not respect by anybody, you know. Man stand for man who stands for nothing, follows everything, you know. So we we gotta learn how to respect ourselves sometimes. We gotta learn we, we gotta learn how to say no to certain people. We gotta learn how to you know put ourselves first, you know. That may that, that may, might sound a little bit narcissistic or you know a little bit selfish, but it's the truth. How can we help others if we can't help ourselves? You know. We learn how to help ourselves. We learn learn how to be respectful for ourselves and love ourselves, so that we can go out in the world and love love others as well. Let's continue again. So here's going to be the the um, six six cure. If man set set aside nine parts of earnings upon which to live and enjoy life, if any part of his nine parts he can turn into a profitable investment without it, without determining to his well being, then so much faster will riches grow. So to speak, it's archetype to class as their success. All too many of our men in Babylon do, do raise their families in unseemly quarters. They do pay to exacting landlords, liberal rentals, rooms which their wives have not a spot to raise the blooms that gladden a woman's hearth. And their children have no place to play their games except in the unclean alleys. No man's family can fully enjoy life unless they do have a plentiful ground. Where children can play in the clean earth, and wherein the wife may raise not only blossoms but good rich herbs to feed her family. To a man's heart, it brings gladness to eat the figs of, from his own trees and grapes of his own vines, to his own domicile, and to his and to have it a place he's proud to care for, putting confidence in his heart and greater effort behind all his endeavors. Therefore, I recommend every man own the roof that shelters him and his. Nor is it beyond the ability of any well-intentioned man to have his own home. Hath not our great king so widely extended the walls of Babylon that within them much land is not unused and may be purchased at sums most reasonable? Also, I can say to you, my students, that the money lenders gladly consider desire men to seek homes, land for their families. Readily may thou borrow to pay the brickmaker and the red and the builder for such commendable purposes. If thou canst show a reasonable portion of thy necessary sum, which thou hast provided for the purpose, then when the house be built, thou can pay the money lender the same regularity as thou payest the landlord, because each payment will reduce thy indebtedness to the money lender. A few years will satisfy his loan. Then will thy heart be glad, because thou wilt own in thy own right a valuable property, which only which only cost will be the king's taxes. Also, will thy good wife be go more often to the river to wash thy robes, and each time returning, she may bring a goat skin of water to pour upon the growing things. Thus come many blessings when man owns his own house, and greatly will, will reduce cost of living, making available more of his expenses and earnings for pleasures and gratification of his desires. This then is six cures for a lean, six cures for a lean purse. Own thy own home. So, 
this girl right here. This is for more more older people in life. It's for people who are more, you know, settled, you know, more, um, you know, uh, experienced life who have uh, more time to gain more money. Own your own home, you know. Um, try to own your own home. Try to, you know, accumulate wealth, accumulate money, you know, accumulate um, more credit. There we go, credit, you know, business credit if you if you can, credit to own your own home, you know, try to so 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 you can also get a, a a very good deal, you know, and you know so they can be able to own your own home, you know, and be able to grow kids and children, you know, young men and young women that who you know be be a, a good addition to 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 our society. Also, too, I want to get into a little bit off topic too. Also said that you also have a wife to um be in your home. Also choose wisely too. Yeah, choose wisely. Choose a wife wisely. You know, be careful who you let in your home, you know. Be careful who you you know who you give your seed. You know, be careful who you allow to register who you allow to register your your own your own seedlings, you know. Be careful who you raise be careful who you allow to to, 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 to have your child, you know. Some some women, you know, from experience, you know, aren't you know not good for a soul. So be careful with when doing that. Seven cure. Life after life of every man is proceeded from his childhood to his old age. It's the path of life, and no man may deviate from it, lest the gods call him prematurely to the world beyond. Therefore do I say that that it behooves a man to make preparation for suitable income in the days to come when he is no longer young. Make preparations for his family. Should he be no longer with them to comfort and support them? The lesson shall instruct thee in providing a full purse when time has made thee less able to learn. So our archer addresses the class upon the seventh day. The man who, because of, because of his understanding of the laws of wealth, acquires a growing surplus, should give thought to those future days. To plan certain investments or provision that may endure safety for many years, yet will be available when time arrives, which he has so wisely anticipated there are diverse ways by which a man may, pro- may provide safety for his future he may, he may provide a hiding place and be bury a secret treasure yet no matter with what skill he, 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 may, he may be hidden he may nevertheless become the loot of thieves for this reason i, I recommend not his plan a man who buy houses or land for his purpose a man may buy houses or land for his purpose if wisely chosen as their usefulness and value in the future, they are permanent in their value and their earnings or their sale will provide well for his purpose. A man may learn may loan a small sum to it to the moneylender, increase it at, at regular periods. Rental with which the moneylender adds this will largely add to its increase. I do know a sandal maker named Asan, who explained to me not long ago that each week for eight years he deposited with his money lender, two pieces of silver. The money lender had but recently given him an accounting over which he had re- greatly rejoiced. The total of his small deposit with the rental at, the, at a customary rate of one-fourth their value for each four years had now become a 1,040 pieces of silver. I did, I did gladly encourage him further by demonstrating to him with knowledge of the numbers that in 12 more years that he would keep up Keep his regular pauses, but two pieces of silver this week. Each week, the moneylender would then owe him 44,000 pieces of silver, or with competence for the rest of his life. Sure, 
when such a small payment with, with regularity does pr produce such profitable results, a man can afford not to insure treasure for his old age and the production of his family, no matter how prosperous his business or investment may be. So what we're trying to say is that, you know, young men, you know, not young men, men, you know, women, but men, but men in general, find a way to put down money for the future. Find a way to, you know, to, you know, let your money grow so that when the future, invest your money so in the future that when, you know, time when, when the rainy day comes, you have the money to, to, um, you know, support your family. Because God forbid that you have a family and you die, you know, who's going to take care of them? If if you're if 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 you're the main breadwinner or if you're the main source of income in the family, if you are the main income in your personal family, what's gonna happen when you die? You know, where your money gonna come from? What's gonna happen to your kids? You know, that's why that's why that's why I want to preach to all the young people and the uh, people all across the board that listen to me. Stay away from the club. Stay away from spending money on useful on 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 useless items. You know, save money from spending money on liquor. You know, weed every day, you know, tobacco, cigarettes, you know, put that money down to put that money in investing. Because imagine, imagine, imagine 2013, 2011, we, we, we put like, we put like, um, 5,000 Bitcoin every day. Imagine that. Imagine, 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 imagine when Bitcoin was like, like at what, like $10, $5. I mean, I was pretty young back then, but imagine if, if, imagine people who were older that day, imagine if your parents did that. Imagine paying put like two dollars a month back then in Bitcoin. Do the math. How much money would you have right now? You know, cause but 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 we spend we spend like over thirty grand on college on on, on almost thirty grand on you know shoes. We spend like spend more than thirty grand on fast food each year. Spend more thirty grand on you know on, on our college tuitions. But such a such an investment like that that was so steady back then, but nobody believes in it. Now it's over what sixty one k, you know. So be all keep in mind as, as a young man, as an old man. Keep it in mind that one day, you know, you will be old. One day, you know, one day, one day I'll be sixty. One day I'll be seventy. But I know that if I keep on doing my investments right now, I know that when I reach that age, I have, to, I have enough money to support my family. Let's, let's keep let's keep it let's keep it going. I would that I might I would that I might say more about this. In my mind rests a belief that someday, wise-looking men will devise a plan to ensure against death, whereby many men pay in but a trifling sum regular. The aggregate making a handsome sum for the family each of each member passes to the beyond. This do I see something as something something desirable. And which I could highly recommend, but today is not possible, cause it must reach be, because it must be reached beyond the life of any man or part any partnership to operate. It also must be as stable as a king's throne. Someday I do feel, do I feel that such a plan shall come to pass, and be great, be, and be great blessing to many men, because even first small investment may, make will make a, available a snug fortune, for the family of a member should he pass on. But because we live in our own day, not in days of which are to come, must we take advantage of those means and ways of accomplishing our purposes? Therefore, do I recommend to all men that they be wise and well taught of our methods.
do provide against a lean person their mature years. For a lean person to a man no longer able to earn or to or to or to earn or to a family without his head is a sore tragedy. This then is seventh flask and last cure for a lean person. Provide an advance for the needs of a growing age and protection of thy family. Yeah. That's that's, that's, that's exactly true. Cause we because we, 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 we won't always be young. We won't always be to, to, to work, you know, eight hours a day, nine hours, you know, ten hours. We, we won't be, always be able to do that. We won't always be able to, you know, to, 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 to go back and forth to work, work to, 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 to the job of the day. We got to find a way to invest our money. We got to find a way to save our money. Got to find a way to, you know, a social income, you know. And one thing I want to, if I want to um, also... Introduce anybody else who will be interested. It's also to try to flip items. It's quarantine now. A lot of people are, you know, trying to sell their stuff, trying to find extra money. Phones, uh, phones are on offer up. Craigslist, they're super cheap. You know, all you need, all you need to clean up. You know, and if also if 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 you're a tech geek like if you're a tech geek like me, the tech geek like me. Probably get, probably get probably get a brand new screen, brand new case, you know, it'd be good to go. So if you if you you know if you're trying to f- find a way to increase your money, look into that also. So let's go. These then are seven curses for a lean purse, which out of experience of a long successful life, I do urge for all men who desire wealth. There's more going Babylon, my students, that that was dreams of. The abundance for all. Go forth. Call the forth. Practice thy truth. Thou may may prosper and grow wealthy, as it is thy right. Go forth and teach these truths that every honorable subject of his majesty, also liberally and ample wealth of of our beloved city. So yeah, there's enough. There's enough money out there for us. Don't let don't let nobody don't let nobody tell you that that this market is saturated. You know, don't let nobody tell you that um you know you can't come in here because there's too much people here. No. If you if you if you if you if you if you really love that if you, if you really love that area if you, if it could be YouTube it could be it could be engineering it could be a doctor a lawyer it doesn't matter if you love that section of your life you love that section of if you, if you love doing that go for it because there's, there's more than enough money here you know build like you know just because one man shouldn't have over a billion dollars right Elon Musk shouldn't have more than a, million, a billion dollars. There's no need for that. So, what we need to do, we must go out there and get and get our own. We must find a way to make our own money, cause we, cause I'm tired. I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to live a, you know, a subpar life. I don't want to live a, me, a mediocre life. You know, I'm not trying to say I want to be like a Elon Musk, but I want to be, I want to be that person that breaks the chain of poverty in my life. How about you? You know. How about you? How about you? I know for myself, that I don't want to be. I don't. Be, I don't want to be mediocre. I don't want to be the average guy. You know, I don't want to be that guy who's working nine to five every day just just to make ends meet. So let's. So if you want to do it, let's go.